Welcome to episode 117 of the Collector's Quest podcast. On this episode, we do a quiz show style episode. I'm the moderator. I asked Tyler and Stefan some general questions about collecting. Whoever I feel like gives the better answer, I give them a point, And the winner at the end gets to soapbox for about two minutes. Before we get into the episode, like I do each time, please, if you haven't already, go to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a review. If you have additional feedback, don't be afraid to DM us. If you want to tell us what we're doing well, what we're doing poorly, what you'd like to see on the show, we love that kind of feedback, so do not hesitate at all. Anyways, show's about to start. Stay tuned. back to another episode johnny (laughs) hey welcome back to another episode of collector's quest i'm tyler here with johnny here with stefan what's going on guys there's a moth in this room and it's going to drive me crazy i'm out like i would literally just stop recording and just go get it (laughs) i can't hold on for a moth any bug are you kidding me i hate bugs oh yeah go kill it we'll wait no it's okay no no that's good for the show Show your murderous side, Stefan. <laughs> My murderous side. Show oh, yeah. all that I'm rage not, for like all I'm the not... shit that's happened to you, like boiling down. Yeah. Like, in, show us how you actually deal with that. In no world would I uh, allow this thing to escape, or like you know, put it outside. Or I'm not a put it outside bug guy. Oh my god, no! I'm a vacuum them all up guy, and then they become Schrodinger's bug because I don't really know that they're dead, but keep the vacuum on for another thirty seconds. They're probably dead. You, wait, you just vacuum them? Oh, I vacuum everything. Yeah, I don't want to... What, you want me to touch them? I'm out. Oh, I, uh, like with flies and stuff, I've gotten very good at using a towel to snap them out of the air. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. This is a proven thing. Yeah, you can ask Carly about it. Wow. I explode them regularly. It's awesome. Man, you should go on America's Got Talent. Nope. <laughs> this is a, this is a, a skill I've been perfecting since I was like 10. So that was my uh, opening monologue non sequitur for the episode. Yep. yep. Welcome to the Collector's Quest podcast, where we talk about nothing related to game collecting for the first 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, welcome to nothing. This is our, our Seinfeld of game collecting. No, this episode, we're going we're gonna to do a quiz. And what uh, it's not really a quiz. It's more, if you guys have ever seen the show Around the Horn, it's a bit like that. I'm going to have Tyler and Stefan answer a few questions, just some basic questions about collecting. And then I will judge their answers by either telling them they lost or they won. So whoever wins the most at the end, you know, you get a point for winning. Um, We'll get a little time to soapbox about anything they want, including killing moths or vacuuming them up, uh, if that's what they so desire. So I already spent my two minutes? (laughs) Yeah, you'll, uh, you know, there's no time for non sequiturs and ranting on this podcast, so... (laughs) I'm pretty um, sure, then, Johnny, that this is the first time that we've ever suggested an idea in one episode and then immediately did it the next episode rather than shelving it for six months. That's right. Well, that was last, last time, wasn't it? Maybe. Um, I have just a few questions for you guys. We will do our buying and selling. We have stuff to talk about, people. We can talk a little bit about the stuff that we've bought and maybe what we've played, if we've played anything. So, um, yeah, you guys ready to jump into this or do you have something you want to throw out before? Tyler, you gotta find like some game intro or some game show intro music for this. Let's all just sing different themes, guys, and we'll go perfect. 
Yeah. Cool. That meshed wonderfully. Well, Tyler, <laughs> cut everyone else's audio. <laughs> so, like I said, these are going to be very generic. Um, you know, you guys can agree or you can disagree. You can have a hot take if you want. It's it's up to you, you know, if you're going for the victory point or if you, you know, going for funny, whatever you're trying to do here. I will not so, be going for any victory points. I will always be going for the right answer, Johnny. Well, then maybe that's your path to victory, Tower. That's what you should have said. The right answer is always the path to victory, Johnny. That's what you, you should have been like that with all that conviction. Well, I'm too late now. I'll edit it out and I'll try to make your voice sound like my voice. Okay, cool. Um, just age me by about 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tyler, uh, since you're the oldest, we'll start with you. Great. Yeah. Is there a question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, okay, Tyler, dig at you. What, is, uh, what system is the best to collect for? Uh, it's the Nintendo NES, because it's the, it's the most important system. There's so many ways to slice and dice it. You've got the license set. You've got the unlicensed set. You've got super weird stuff like competition carts and Satchin games. They're still making games for it. You got homebrew. And it's, you know, it's the most iconic piece of Nintendo history. And Stefan will definitely agree with me on that. So there's no point in even having this conversation. Tyler right. is correct. It is the Super Nintendo. What, what are you doing? <laughs> the Super right. Nintendo piggybacked on top of the NES. It's called the Super NES. Like what? All right, let's. Uh, that's you're done, Tyler. <laughs> Stefan, go ahead. Tell us why the Super Nintendo is the best to collect for. Uh, because so it, I think in the timeline of video games, it really the 16-bit era, uh, generation definitely finally delivered us uh, experiences that were believable. You didn't have to suspend your disbelief like you did in the you know Atari and previous generations. You know, uh, I didn't have to you know imagine that mario was a plumber i could see or like a little dude in overalls like i could see that i didn't have to imagine that my guy in adventure was anything besides a cursor because he was totally a cursor um so but on top of that um you know uh cart size also uh, memory size allowed us uh to or allowed the system to deliver really um kind of deeper experiences as well so between uh, depth of experience and believability on top of the fact that the uh, Super Nintendo has all the uh, exclusive properties that I care about versus the Genesis. Um, I, the, the Super Nintendo's really got my vote for that. So you're saying it's the Nintendo Switch because, you know, games basically are real life now and all that memory and... Okay, Tower, stop. All right. That, we're, we're done on that topic. Victory point goes to Tyler on this one. While I love the Super what? Nintendo, if we are talking about why a system is more collectible and why it's the most important or best to collect for, uh, Tyler's got it. You told me why the Super Nintendo is the best to play, Stefan. So point to Tyler. That's one Tyler, zero Stefan. I see how this is going to go now. And All that's right. the show. So what do you guys <laughs> buy? <laughs> that's <laughs> it. All right. What are we buying? What are we playing? <laughs> no. Okay. What is the hardest system to collect for Stefan? Ooh, probably Game Boy CIB. Um, I mean, and and also the most frustrating because loose it is uh, kind of uh, the antithesis of that, right? Super, super easy to collect for mostly. Um, but uh, but yeah, Game Boy CIB. I mean, it was an entire console marketed directly towards children, so nobody kept their boxes, and it just makes things uh, notoriously difficult to collect for. All right, um, Tyler, go ahead. Are there restrictions on this? Because I'm going to go like Sharp X68000 yeah, or something that like never completely ridiculous that you just well, can't find. Well, the Scandinavian console. 
You can answer this however you want, Tyler. Okay, I'm going to exclude myself from weird Japanese computers because it almost feels like cheating. And they're not consoles, so I don't <laughs> think I'm going to win. And I'm going to say, it's the Neo Geo AES because even Last Gamer doesn't have a full set of Neo Geo AES. Ooh, that is a compelling argument, but I'm still going to go ahead and give... The, I'm going to give the point to Stefan. Hooray! So, I mean, that that's fairly close. I would say both of those are in the realm. Uh you know, and Neo Geo definitely has a price wall that's even going to stop anyone from getting there. But I, I can see people like picking up Game Boy games and then, you know, being in that world and trying to collect it and then finding out that, oh, my God, this thing's a horror show. Why is a box, you know, not quadrupling the value, but, you know, 20 times in the value on a game. So point to Stefan. I'll accept it. My, so. my argument was riding on basically just one fact. <laughs> one guy. <laughs> yeah. I, that, look, that that's a that's a strong fact. Question number three. The score is one one. You guys are uh, blazing it up here. Let's let's get on the topic of licensed versus unlicensed. Should unlicensed games count towards sets? Tyler. Yes, they should count towards the unlicensed set. Which I think can grow with time, and I don't necessarily see much of a distinction between a homebrew and an unlicensed game. But no, don't mix them in with your licensed set, unless it's Sega Genesis, because everybody does anyway. And Stefan? So I agree with Tyler that the unlicensed set is its own bespoke thing, but I also disagree with Tyler that the unlicensed set, quote-unquote, can grow with a console. I think new releases should be also categorized in their own thing. Uh, Unlicensed games are contained within the lifespan of the console. Hmm. I'm going to go draw on that one. Draw. I'm not convinced by either of the things you said, uh, but I I do think that the license sets should count. I think anyone telling themselves it doesn't is kidding themselves. And even though I don't like unlicensed sets, you know, I I don't do it for Nintendo. Gentlemen, on that topic, and this was, this is a shout out to last week when we did the Did It Count episode. I guess we didn't say whether we thought Outback Joey counted or not. So does Outback Joey count? Stefan? Yep, it's got the Sega seal on it, and the uh, the heartbeat mo- or the heartbeat system is a Genesis with a different top on it. So, yes, Tyler. Okay, I'm going to interpret your question verbatim. Does Outback Joey count for the Sega set? Yes, Outback Joey has the Sega seal of quality. Does Outback Joey count for the Sega Genesis set? It shouldn't, because nowhere on Outback Joey or Harpy Personal Trainer does it say Sega Genesis. But because the surrounding, because the opinions surrounding RacerMate Challenge 2 have firmly put RacerMate Challenge 2 as part of the unlicensed NES set, I consider Outback Joey part of the Sega Genesis set as well, because that just makes it more consistent. Okay, so I, I'm confused. You said it doesn't and now it does it does what what's your final answer okay your your question was does it count (laughs) for the sega set you didn't specify genesis so yes outback joey obviously counts for the sega set it has the seal of quality okay tyler we're we're talking the genesis set does it count for the genesis set it shouldn't but it shouldn't because it doesn't say sega genesis anywhere on it or the console but it does because racer mate challenge 2 is a similar situation on nes 
And everyone agrees on that. So I think Outback Joey counts as part of the Sega Genesis set. Okay. All right. Point goes to Stefan because Tyler is, <laughs> is both- a jerk. It, no, is both arguing for and against himself in the same thing. So I don't know how to yeah. fall on that. Um, Stefan wins by default. All right. Two to one, Woo. Stefan. Uh, so well, let's go into let's go into more specifics. What is the better game, Zelda or Mario? Stefan, that is for the original Nintendo. Zelda can, one uh, versus Super Mario Can we be Super more Mario specific Brothers. here? So, The Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Brothers, or just all the games combined? What's going no, on? No, I just, I just said specifically for the Nintendo. So, Mario like Bros., the original Mario Bros. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers versus The Legend of Zelda. Okay. Better game, which is, which is better and which is more important? Stefan, you can start us off. Mm, uh, I mean, I think better and more important for me personally, for those two original titles, um, uh, it would be Super Mario Brothers. Um, I think it's just more approachable. I think it's more, uh, I mean, from like a brand awareness standpoint, even though, you know, the Zelda franchise is is super, super popular. I mean, you Mario in in some respects is more recognizable than Mickey Mouse, which is crazy. Um, So I think it's both more important and i think it's just from an approachability standpoint i think it's it's a better game i'm gonna lose here because i'm adding extraneous information i don't need to i didn't play the original legend of zelda until uh the wii virtual console came out so i have zero emotional attachment to that game uh i think super mario brothers is the better game just because it's a lot faster and you could play through it in 10 minutes whenever you want and it's the most important game of all time so i think it's more important as well of all time of all time. Hmm. Okay, so uh, that was a two-point question. On the first part of it, you guys both get zero. Uh, no one gets a point. Clearly, the answer is Zelda, because Zelda is a- an amazing game, and <laughs> it taught it taught us that games could be more than uh, side-scrollers. Uh, you know, it, it developed overworld, it developed well, narrative. Super Mario Brothers taught things. us that games could be side-scrollers. Uh, true, fair. But at the same time, I agree with you, Tyler, that it's the most important game of all time. So one point to Tyler. We are tied up two <laughs> to Wait, two. Wait, Stefan, what's the most important game of all time if it's not Super Mario Brothers? Oh, probably Computer Space. All right. That's an acceptable answer. All right. Well, that's uh, not what we're going with. So uh, <laughs> moving on. All right, guys. Is it better to collect CIB or cart only just as a general question? That's Tyler. First. Is it better to collect CIB? It is better to collect CIB in general, because most people shouldn't be collecting sets. Even today in this world of rising prices, complete and box games are generally reasonably priced, like two or three times what a loose game costs. So there's no reason to not do it. And you shouldn't have any space issues because you shouldn't be collecting full sets. So you should be going for really nice, complete games that you like. Stefan. I think for the general person that for cartridge games, that collecting cart only is probably the better option. I think it definitely makes, you know, for a new collector, it makes the hobby much, much more approachable. So you're constantly getting new blood into the hobby uh, faster than you would if you were dealing with the price wall of CIB. Um, and, uh, you know, I think from a sentimentality standpoint, you know, my, my childhood and many people's childhood looked, didn't look like a wall of boxes. It looked like a pile of gray squares. And then also 
I lost my train of thought, but I think that's good enough. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> Stefan, that was a more solid answer because I immediately disagreed with you than I, than I was going to give you credit for. But I'm still giving this one to Tyler because I think if you're going to collect, you should price yourself in at CIB because I think um, against everything that's going on in collector's market, I think that's just the safer investment. And also, it will keep oh. your collection more refined. You also reminded me of my third point, which was uh, you shouldn't collect as an investment. Okay, fair fair point. We're we're gonna we're gonna get to that one later. All right, guys, that that's a point to Tyler there. So that's three two Tyler, right? Just three two, or did you... I'm not keeping score. Man. I hope you are. Uh, no, no, well, none of this matters. None of this really matters. Uh, three two. I, I'm going with Tyler. Three two on that one. Maybe it should be four two. Uh, you know, like I said, if you didn't hear in the pre-show. Uh, because you weren't on it. I'm dealing with an hour's of sleep, so counting to four is now hard for me. So, let, let's get into this. Tyler, you alluded to this a little bit, so I'll let you go right into it. Is it better to collect sets, or is it better to collect the games you like? Is it better? Like, I, I wish I could go back in time and have... have you know, I don't. I like collecting sets a lot. Is it If I would recommend it to anyone else, I would say, no, collect what you like, be a reasonable person... And you can have all these super nice games. You could look at any shelf on your wall and be like, wow, the mutant virus isn't on any of those shelves. So it is better to collect super nice, as nice as you can get complete games of the games you like. And just as an anecdote, uh, there's this guy I love on Reddit who uh, he's one of these comic guys who came over to game collecting. And it was like a month ago and he has purchased like five games. And it's like Super Mario 1 through 3 World and like one other game. And they're all nice and complete. And it's like, dude, that's a nice collection for you to have. All right, Stefan, same question. Yeah, um, I I would never recommend collecting. Having gone through it now, I would never recommend people collect sets. Um, you know, I think I'm too far into it now to stop. But, uh, I mean, just from a the likelihood of you burning out, like, you know, because we do this because we, we love it, hopefully, and not primarily as an investment, as I said before. Um, so... Um, if you aren't collecting in sets, then you don't have to worry about being, you know, completely uh, burned out by uh, various aspects of set collecting, you know, the enormity of the size of a set or the uh, price wall for a game that you desperately need for your set but could never afford or it would be, you know, people put themselves into debt for for games and stuff like that. So um, I think if, if you're... If you're aiming to do this because you love it uh, and want to continue to do it, I would never recommend someone else start collecting sets. Uh, You are both correct. Those are both really good answers. So I'm giving you both a point. All right. It's three to four, Tyler. All right, guys, here's a finance question. Even though we said you should not collect as an investment, we cannot deny that games have value and that we pay sometimes a good deal of money for them. So... I want your opinion. Is the bubble going to burst? And if so, when do you see that happening? Go ahead, Stefan. Uh, I don't think it's going to burst because I don't think there is one. Um, I think, uh, okay, it never in the way that we, you know, people talk about like the housing market crash or the dot com bubble, like bubbles, bursting bubbles like that, I don't believe is ever going to happen, especially for 
the higher end, more rare collectibles because you will always have a small community of people who have a vested interest in keeping the value of those things high. So unless there is a global or at least a, you know, another countrywide economic crisis, you know, where it's affecting everyone across the board, I don't think you'll ever see a bubble burst in the way that people think when they think about you know a an economic bubble um you do have ebbs and flows all the time in this industry we've done an entire podcast on that or the two of you did um and so so i think people see natural ebb and flow of the the financial market of this hobby and go oh my god the bubble's bursting or they'll see one guy sell off a huge collection and go oh my god the bubble's bursting i don't think we'll ever see that all right uh go ahead tyler so I don't think there was a bubble at all, and I don't think the bubble has even started yet. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. So uh, when I sold off most of my legacy magic stuff, I thought that magic was in a bubble, and then it entered another bubble, and then another bubble. And now I think magic might be in a real bubble, but uh, I'm, I get real worried looking at the collectible magic market because that's the main other thing I know and I have kind of the same feelings as I do for magic as I do for video games. And I'm like, why hasn't video games gone as crazy as magic has? Uh, and then also, you know, you look at things like vintage comics and you have those new comic people coming in to video games as we constantly talk about now. What What is the what's the thing that just sold on Heritage Auctions? Um, a Super Mario 3. Complete in box... Left Bros. Super Mario Bros. 3, uh, 9.4 with a 9.2 box, which isn't like insane, sold for $5,000. Wait, that wasn't, that wasn't sealed? Not, that wasn't sealed. Oh my God. And there were two okay. people. There was a guy who bid $4,900 on that. A complete in box Mario 3. So we're not in the bubble yet. Something crazy is going to happen. And I think video games are going to be like magic at some point. So then, no bu- no bubble popping soon. Like what? What's your? There is no bubble. There? I think we will either enter a bubble or another period of high prices. Uh, like there's no bubble. We're gonna have another bubble if anything. Okay. These games are never uh, getting more common than they are now. All right, uh, both of you again, good answers. I-, I like both of those, but I'm gonna side with Tyler here. Just uh, and then just for referencing what's going on with uh, you know coming that that heritage auction and. Um, you know, magic. Two things I like. So sorry, oh, Stefan. Man, I really uh, tailored my answer, Stefan. You yeah. lose. Right. All every question I'm from here on out I'm gonna answer with Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> you might win more points. Five three Tyler. Okay. So to the heritage auctions, um, we, we've talked about this on the show, but what do you think is going to be the next big game to sell? And I'm not saying a million dollar one, but what do you think is like the Super Mario 3? I wouldn't have guessed that a Left Bros was going to be one of the most ridiculous prices I've seen on a game lately. But um, speculate for me. Give me like one or two games you think might be the most next ridiculous sale at a Heritage auction. Stefan. Uh, I mean, NWC certainly hits the the nail on the head for me. It's because uh, we haven't seen it sell yet, and um, we've you know we've already seen what a loose stadium events will do. So I mean, it would either be a CIB or or sealed copy of stadium events or an NWC cart. Those are if you're looking for what could have the most potential to really really explode versus something out of the blue like a not sealed super mario brothers 3 um then uh, i mean that would be my my uh 
if I were a betting man, those would be my 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 two that are just primed to do something ridiculous. Okay, Tyler. Uh, I think an NWC Gray probably. I'm I'm going to agree with Stefan on that. Um, just because for like the really classic stuff, like you have no idea because things like this Super Mario Brothers three, it could just happen. Someone could literally be like, I don't seventy five thousand dollars. This new Nintendo World Championships, right? Uh, so. Definitely that you never know what's going to happen on Heritage because those people are crazy. And the other thing, um, every single sale of Super Mario Bros. 3, not just this one that was really nice, Left Bros, there were like junker complete in box copies that sell for like $200 in Heritage auctions. So when there is an actually sealed Left Bros Super Mario Bros. 3, I think it's going to be bananas. And that game's like not even, like it's like one of the best selling games ever, but like a super nice sealed Left Bros is not easy to find. So uh, probably that too. What did that um, that loose Super Mario World go for? Do you know? Do you remember? I don't think that? I need the loose. It was like probably fifty bucks, like way too much for what it is. But eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I'm going with Stefan on this one. Just he answered first and most <laughs> concisely. So you know, I mean, there's definite advantage to being first here. So point Ten to Stefan. Points to Gryffindor. Uh, four, two, five. Still, Tyler. I should have said, lead. "Oh, there was an NWC at the Wada offices today, and maybe it's going to be graded so it could be sold at Heritage Auctions." And that would have been my my answer maybe. with current yeah. events. They have they have mm-hmm. an NWC but like every day, though. It's a yeah, gold. I mean, though. I I Stefan almost didn't win that for you know shameless self promotion. Oh, maybe the NWC <laughs> should go up in value. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Just saying, guys. Gross. You're gross. Stefan, why are you always flaunting your stuff at us? Come on. Yeah, thinking about deducting a point. Thinking. Okay, no, I'm not going to deduct <laughs> a point. Okay, here's a trap question for Stefan. Should you collect <laughs> uh, ancillary video game items like... When, by that, I mean like things that are actually video games, but not specific to a console. Maybe like Tiger Handhelds. Go ahead. Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so so this is th- ancillary things that are video games, like t- like your example was Tiger Handhelds, but not yeah, like... Yeah, like, you know, those little keychain Tetrises, things like that. I like uh, how he's, he's equating the stuff that you like with, like, you know, keychain Tetris. No, I just want to make sure that we're talking about games and not, like, promotional stuff or whatever. Um, no, I think it's dumb. I think I have a problem. Um, but uh, especially um, things like... Uh, plug and play, you know, um, the Jack specific stuff and stuff like that. I just don't, it takes up a whole lot of room and it has very little value in terms of gameplay and honestly, an actual value. Um, I, I think it is, I, it is, they are historical, historically relevant, right? I think we needed to get through the LCD handhelds to get to the handhelds that we have, right? Um, just like we have, you know, to get to uh, VR someday that's worth using uh we have to get through the clunker vr we have now but i just don't i don't it's not it's not really worth it i mean some of it is historically relevant too just because like some of the um plug and play games are actually like nes you know it's nas hardware so um some of those new games are actually new nintendo games and that's kind of neat but uh as far as collectability if we're talking about is it worth it to collect them i don't believe it is okay uh go ahead tyler 
every dollar you spend on something that is not a video game or video game hardware is a dollar you could have spent on that. So I, when I look at someone's collection, I try to look past all their tchotchke junk, like LCD games. I'm like, what video games do you have? And I would say as a secondary thing, like, what's all your hardware? What kind of boxed consoles and stuff you have? So any other money that you're spending on junk, you should be putting towards video games, in my opinion, because I think video games are the coolest thing to own. So... No, don't collect that junk. Okay, point to Tyler, because that's like straight out of... If we had like a Collector's Quest mantra, I think you would just be like reading. Like if we had an FAQ page, Tyler, I, th- I think you would be reading one of our lines right there. I tried to be as succinct as possible because Stefan was way too rambly and he was going to lose no matter what I said if I said it quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> last, although, <laughs> last week, although last week Tyler did reference my Tiger handheld collection as a reason why he respects me as a collector, so... <laughs> I, I, I respected your so... purchasing habits because of how frugal you were. You're like beating that guy up over so... his already it, it was, really it, reasonably priced stuff. It was your ability to debate, and you want to know... So, like, you got a fairly good deal, but I think you could have gone harder on that. So that's, I could have. That's no, what you're a, right. That's what a weak spot Tyler is in when it comes to haggling. <laughs> All right, so point, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, Ask a question about haggling, Johnny. <laughs> six, six, four. Tyler, when is it appropriate to haggle when dealing with a video game vendor? <laughs> Always, Johnny, especially when you have the social skills and such to do so. Um, you should You should always haggle. When is it appropriate? Right. Always, because resellers are just out to get your money. They're they're worthless. You shouldn't even see them as human beings. They're just a means to an end. So it's wow. always appropriate to haggle with them. I just don't. <laughs> okay. Uh Stefan, do you want to give maybe a weird a less weird yeah, answer? I don't feel good right now. <laughs> I don't feel <laughs> I don't feel good about what we're doing what we're doing here. Yeah, no, I, I just I would add that, you know, it is appropriate to haggle. I think, you know, you know, these guys are, you can't treat everyone with just like the, you know, not everything can be a friend deal, right? But at the same time, um, you should put your best, your, your best effort forward to get, to get a deal. Um, but um, I also think I would, I would kind of piggyback on something Tyler said, where especially if you have the social skills, um, the way that you get those social skills is by developing them. So uh, even if you are not the most boisterous or um, outgoing collector out there, things like haggling and interacting with with vendors or anyone that you, you know, anyone in this hobby really um, will help you develop those social skills and make make you better at the craft of haggling, but then also just g- in general, you know, soft skills are important and you should want to develop those. All right. Um, well, I'm giving the point to Stefan here because Tyler's no, answer I'm, sounded I know, a that was a freebie for Stefan, but I just want to point out to our listeners that I got that from you, Johnny. You're the one who told me that. Um, I forgot what we were even looking at, and you, you said oh, something no, like I'll, that I'll, to first, get me to First, he gets I'll, creepy. I'll you, and... No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. Uh, let, let me go ahead and say it for you, Tyler. You should haggle. Resellers are just resellers. This is their job. Don't be afraid to ask them for a better deal. If they cannot, here's the other part. This is their job. They get asked every single day. They can say no. You can always say no. There's You should be looking out for yourself when you are buying games. If they are not your friend, if you, if you aren't in any kind of um, you know meaningful long-term relationship with this individual, you know, as a continued clientele, 
ask for a better deal. If they're your friend, understand that, you know, you're not trying to make it so they're not making money. This for anyone, really. Right. I want you to make money. I want to, I want a good deal. Both of these things might be able to occur. You don't know unless you ask. And if someone says, oh, I've already priced it like literally as low as I can go. I bought it for 40. I'm selling it for 45 because I just want to turn it around. Then, you know, then they have no room to wiggle. Uh, But that could also be a line that they use. But yeah, you you should go out and you should be, you should be fairly agnostic uh, in, in the way you go about it. It's, it's not personal. You are trying to conduct business. And but you know you should be on friendly terms with the with the vendors that you work with, but it but it does not it never stops them from being a vendor, right? So like like I'm never you know I if if I'm friendly with a vendor, yeah, I'm going to you know sell at a price cut and expect a price cut when I buy something from them. But it's never going to be the same deals that like you know you and I and Johnny have between each other because we are not also resellers, right? Yeah, and I just look it, it's. Business is business, and I have friends who are vendors, and I will come up to them, and I'll I will go hard at them, and they can say no, and I I respect the no. That's the other thing. If you are doing that, just respect the no. You don't need to be you don't need to be jerky or aggressive about it. You can just say, hey, um, you got these two at fifteen. Would you would you take twenty five for both? I don't I don't think that's being disrespectful or like going out for blood. I'm not saying lowball people either. I'm not saying you should be like. Hey, uh, you got these two for fifteen each. Would you take ten? Like that doesn't make any sense. Don't don't be a jerk. And and being able to walk away is part of the process too, right? Like if yeah. they say no, then you have every right to walk, walk walk away. And then sometimes while you're walking away, that deal will change in your favor. Sometimes it won't, but but that's just the act of walking away and being willing to walk away um, is is part of the process. Yeah, this question was mainly to help Tyler because I know he he hates to haggle. And <laughs> you know, I wish I, he would. There was like I think there's one game I can really remember haggling at uh, the last PRGE. It was a loose copy of Robot Tank on Atari Twenty Six Hundred. It was priced at six dollars. I asked him if I could have it for four dollars. He said five dollars, <laughs> and I walked away. So uh, there's that's a good haggling story. I saved myself a buck, and I don't have Robot hmm. Tank. And I don't even know what Robot Tank is. I've never played it, and I wish I'd bought it for five bucks. The only time, the only time Tyler, the only time Tyler really bothered me was that when we were at Portland, and it was right before I decided to almost die, and I had bought that copy of Star Wars on the Famicom, and he ridiculed me for overpaying a little bit when like he never ever haggles, and I was like, you can't, can't do that, man. Tyler does Tyler things, and you should just let him. I'm just, we're <laughs> gonna go back that. to Portland. I'm gonna have I, Johnny haggle for me again because I like I I failed to get a robot tank for four dollars when it's a four dollar game, and Johnny's like, "There's a Mister Do here," and I'm like, "Spend like fifty bucks on it. I really need that." And he's like, "I got it complete for thirty five. It's like, what the fuck, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, I'm here to help you. We are friends. Yes. All right. Okay, guys, and this one this one is for me because uh, I feel shame usually after my buying purchases. So you guys can either make me feel better or make me feel worse. You decide how you want those points to flow. Current score <laughs> is <laughs> current score is five to six. Tyler, amiibos. Goodbye, bad bye. Tyler. Amiibos are very reasonably priced for the aesthetic value they have. I think if they were action figures, they would be very high-end action figures because they look super cool and they're all your favorite characters. 
I think collecting all of them, even just like all the Smash Brothers characters or something, is nuts. You should get a few from your favorite characters. I've got a few links. I've got the little spider thing from uh, Breath of the Wild. Don't go nuts. And definitely don't keep them in packages because that just looks stupid. All right, Stefan. Yeah, I think goodbye, if, you're bad if, you're, if you're collecting them because you like action figures or like the character or just like collecting little tchotchke things, then yeah, it's a great buy. If you are collecting it from an investment standpoint, absolutely not because Nintendo does, you know, makes no qualms about it and does constantly reprint some of these. So rarity is super subjective on those things, or, or rather, it you know, the, the rarity of, of an amiibo can change drastically overnight. Um, so I think from an investment standpoint, it's not a good idea. But if it's just something that you love to collect, go for it. I'm, 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 I'm not one to tell people what to collect or what not to collect. Unless you're on a podcast specifically for that. Yes, that's definitely. Wait, you're talking about just like collecting amiibos, just like being a shelf collector and not using them for <laughs> a basket of fruit and Breath of the Wild or whatever else well, amiibos can do. Well, the thing is, that, like action figures have a, have a dual purpose too, right? So it's not you don't you can you can display something and enjoy it. Like I know Johnny loves to do with his uh, high end uh, like Hot Toys figures and stuff. Um, you know, you don't have to you don't have to play with an action figure to have it quote unquote you know serve its purpose. So. That's yeah, true. I can reference my childhood on that. Uh, here's how I played with action figures as a child. I opened them up. I put them in a pose. I set a scene that I wanted to recreate. And then I walked away from it. And then I would come back and go, yeah, that looks like that scene. I did a good job. And I just enjoyed the process of setting them up. I didn't like smash them together very much. I'd like cars that I would do that. But with action figures, I just was like, I made a scene. That looks nice. The end. We're proud of you. Because I was a weird child. Anyways, uh, I like both of your answers. I like, Stefan, how you touched on kind of the the rarity. And Tyler, I like how you told people that if they were just action figures, people would appreciate them more and not get hung up on the, well, what does it do for my games, DLC, and they they get all lame about it. You both made me feel good. So uh, point to both of you. So that doesn't change much of anything. Eight to seven is now the score. Tyler's still in favor. Is it okay, so, guys? Doesn't Nintendo have like a pretty extensive action figure line? The world of Nintendo yes, line. Yes, the world of Nintendo. And like, they yeah, do. Kind of no one gives a shit about that. Like some people do, but everybody cares about amiibos. It's so weird. Yeah, and some of those are great, and some of those are bad. What I don't like about that is they have mixed scale in those. Like some of them are big, and oh, some are small. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It gets weird, or like if it just had one consistent sizing, like most action figure lines do, or like called it out better, I would like it. But also, like if you're shopping for those things, I never know where to buy them. Are they in the toy aisle? Are they in the video game aisle? It's very confusing. Like if you're trying to buy that at a Target, you're just like, where is this stuff? It it gets weird. Don't love it. But I, I like some of those too. Like I've got like a Dry Bones that I like a lot there because they haven't mm-hmm. made an Amiibo of Dry Bones. But the minute they do... I'll be buying an Amiibo of Dry Bones because I love Dry Bones. Let's go into, we got a couple more here. Should you, I don't want to say should, give me your opinion on collecting foreign titles. So anything outside of your region, our region is NTSC America. It's very confusing just to say NTSC because there's NTSC J, which is Japan. So anything outside of North America for us, but you know, if you are listening to this and you're not in north america just 
apply that logic the other way. So should you or shouldn't you? Go ahead, Stefan. Um, I think uh, if you if you like, I, I, I think it's a, it's a it's a much easier thing for shelf collectors to to rationalize, especially since like uh, the the Japanese region for a lot of consoles got vastly superior box art than we did. Um, I think it can be very frustrating because, uh, especially if you don't speak or read the language in question. Um, and, um, so, so that can be, uh, frustrating to find the things that you want, but also it's difficult to, uh, know whether or not you're getting a deal sometimes, especially for more obscure titles. So I, it, so if, I think if someone's looking, like genuinely looking to play some of these titles, I, I could see it be more of a, an, an exercise in frustration than if you're just, you know, looking for superior box art which is why I have a vast majority of my Super Famicom games. Okay. Tyler, what do you think? Uh, so I don't even know. I guess I do I do have a pretty large collection of imports, but I don't I try not to buy stuff just to add it to my collection even if I know it's a good game. Uh, I really try to stick to the high-end, really playable imports. Really PC Engine and Saturn shooters are kind of like the gold standard for that kind of thing. If you start collecting too many imports, uh, one of the things I love doing with just any console that I have is I just go to the shelf and I browse and I pick something off the shelf that I've never heard of, just like Blockbuster. And imports, you can't do that for two reasons. One, you can't read any of the spines, so you have no idea what the games are. And if you just picked up lots of garbage, um, you, there, you have like a 60% chance of picking up something that you can't play because Japan loves RPGs. And, you know, Europe, whatever, there's so many, there's so few European exclusives, I'm not even talking about them. But I think you should really, if you are going to collect for import systems, uh, you know, stick to high-end playable titles that you know are super good. And don't even set collect, because even if you have a set of, like, PC Engine, if you have a complete set of PC Engine, I think any person you tell that to, they would be like, oh, cool, what is that, how hard is that? I don't, I have no concept of how hard it would be to get all the PC Engine games. For sure. All right, um, Tyler. I like your answer a little better, so we're gonna we're gonna give you the point there. I think I, I think... like his answer a little better too. So that's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, not, both not bad answers. Anyways, so we we got a two point differential going on right now. All right. Tell me, guys. Portables better than consoles? Tyler, go ahead. Is is this like a joke question? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, portable systems are not better than consoles. There, there are some genres which they exceed, like Pokemon games. I don't think I would want to sit down and play a Pokemon RPG in the style of Pokemon Red. That is perfect for just kind of wasting time wherever I am. Uh, portables are less powerful. They are less convenient because you have to carry like your games on you. You can't. I guess now you can load them up, but I don't just just forget portables. They're they're cool to collect because they got small boxes. Other than that, we live in a world of phones. Just screw around on your phone. Who needs to carry something with them? Okay, Stefan. Uh, I would also generally agree that that, that portal, portables are inferior to console. Of course, that would depend on the portable and what you consider portable. Like, is is the Switch a portable console? I think it's interesting that the that those lines are getting more and more blurry, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, because if you do, I think that, you know, the Game Gear is better than Neo Geo? Uh, certainly not. But do I think 
like the Game Boy is superior to the Atari 2600? Absolutely. Uh, which is also a dig at Tyler for collecting 2600 because that's stupid. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's my answer. Okay, uh, some follow up on that one, Stefan. Don't you have a bunch of 2600 games? I have a handful. Yes. Okay. Um, also, so not just from playing, but like, let's talk about a collectible standpoint. There, do you think it's better to collect portable games, or do you still think console games? Tyler, refresh me on that. I, console games all the way like i'm trying to think of like game boy color i just think is garbage i mean they've got game boy boxes it's made by nintendo i hate that entire library like game boy advance has super cool games because uh, they're like super nintendo games but there's freaking a million games in them and there's so much like early childhood kind of cartoony stuff even the ones that are good like i just don't feel like they're super interesting to have a fairly odd parents game sitting on your shelf. Even if you point to it and say, no, that's like one of those really good Cartoon Network games. Uh, pretty much any NES game you point to, it's like the Battle of Olympus. It's about Greek mythology. I don't know. There's one about the Domino's mascot. What's up with that? Uh, so even from a collectible standpoint, um, I think Game Boy, super cool. Uh, all the other portables pretty much uh, inferior to almost any console. But from a collecting standpoint, Tyler, you were saying that you should collect high-end, immaculate CIB games and so from an investment standpoint. And so then wouldn't most handhelds be a superior collectible in, in that condition, right? Like a, an immaculate um, CIB Game Boy game is going to be much more valuable than, than a, a, a console version of its peer. So... I, I feel like you're contradicting yourself a little bit. It'll be more valuable because it's rarer, but not because it's more desirable. Because the collectors want console stuff, because that's what they remember really playing growing up. Everyone does. And everyone knows NES is more important than Game Boy. All right. Hmm. So those were some fighting words. Uh, I got one more kind of sub-question to this. Okay, you guys are put in the arena. You are forced to pick a console that, or not a console, a portable that you must collect for. <laughs> Which portable are you collecting for, and why, Tyler? Yeah, Ghost. Oh, man, I'm mean, like, I guess Game Boy. I mean, I have the cart set, so I would just start upgrading my cart set to boxes because that's the only portable I could think of. Like DS, anything from like 2000 onward. If I see a wall of those, it's just like, ugh, I'm in a GameStop. So it would have to be something earlier than that. I'm not a huge Lynx fan. It's it's just Game Boy. Game Boy is it. Game Boy. Stefan. I think from a like uh, from a from a library that I would enjoy playing the most probably DS or 3DS. Um, those libraries are gigantic and they are console-like experiences. Um, and again, going back to my my what first first or second answer about um, you know a cons consoles having the the depth of gameplay that I enjoy. Um, I think the the 3DS or the DS is definitely there. Um, and then again, just from it's just a massive, massive, massive library. So um, I, I think I have to stick to my guns on the answering all questions from a not investment standpoint. And I would say DS or 3DS. So your one console is two consoles. Okay, so well, I'm going to give you my ruling here. We're siding point tower. Tower, you are now up by three points. Stefan. Uh, just because you're wrong, uh, like if you're collecting, you you went you went right out of retro and went into modern when 
when the answer could have and you should have defended yourself better you pick super nintendo and the gba is just a portable super nintendo in fact lots of the best super nintendo games were ported right to it so i thought i was gonna i thought i was gonna win with uh tyler directly contradicting his earlier answer but you know well (laughs) you were helping yourself until you said ds the weirdest thing you said was that DS is a console-like experience when my memory of DS is like every game is this super gimmicky touchscreen thing. Like not even in a bad yeah. way, just every game uses this console's weird abilities as much as possible. I was speaking more from like a, a horsepower experience, really. I think the 3DS just did what the DS was trying to do better and and got rid of the gimmick. Yep. So, and that's a, I, I still wish that we had some way of of playing some like DS player for that kind of stuff or that they ported more of those over out into like the switch store or something. Even if I had to buy an attachment screen, they're uh, never going to do that. They think it's too weird. Even though everyone would want it. Right. They, they would never do it because it would only make so much money. Gosh. Uh, Okay. Um, I'm calling the game. Well, yeah, it's it, the game is already going to be Tyler's, but I got one last bonus question for you guys, and I'm sure Tyler is going to lose this one it's unless Stefan can manage. <laughs> unless Stefan can right. manage to punt it, um, what is cooler, the NWC or Stadium Events? <laughs> Go ahead, Stefan. Uh, that would be the NWC is a cooler collectible. It's more historically relevant, and this isn't me just. Hitting the answer that I know that Johnny likes, I I stick to this one. Um, but uh, the NWC is more historically relevant, and people who listen to this podcast or know anything about my collection know that historical relevancy is the cornerstone of the ridiculous shit that I collect. Um, so uh, just from from, it is a much much more important game than uh, than Stadium Events is in by Stadium Events is just a <clears throat> happenstance of its situation. It's the only reason why it's valuable is because it happened to be quote unquote recalled. Okay. Tyler? Uh, the answer is Nintendo World Championships because there's uh, not because it's historically important because Nintendo World Championships cart is not really historically important but it was in a full page of Nintendo Power And the most important thing is that it has a lot of collectible interest around it, and it's always going to retain a lot of collectible interest about it. And stadium events is just this rare thing that once set collecting dies down and we start entering this world of people just buying cool stuff, stadium events is not going to have the cachet of Nintendo World Championships, which it already doesn't. All right, uh, both good answers, so you both get a point. Doesn't matter, Tyler is the winner. Oh, Hooray, Tyler. Right. Ty- Ty's also Tyler. a liar. <laughs> he, yeah, he is. You guys no, should know um, that. So I talked, uh, I talked to Eric, because uh, Eric's real smart. Eric oh, collects shut up. Don't, don't, don't. No, because I was seriously some random thinking... conversation that you had without any of us being present. Well, it was this on Instagram. Happen. What do you want? None of this, none of this happened. No, I was like, dude, I, I, should I buy a stadium event? Should I just like take like all my money out of savings and just be like, I need a stadium events right now because it's never going to be cheaper than right now, probably. Um, but you know, he's a comic guy, so he's like, no, you fucking idiot, what are you doing? And then I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll buy more complete Nintendo games. So suddenly, right. Eric just like made you see the error of your ways. No, I mean, I, 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 I know he's that. right, he's and I know like guy. even from a not investing standpoint from a value standpoint like having a super like 
you know, a hundred super nice Nintendo games instead of a stadium events will probably appreciate more in the long run. Possibly. Yeah. And if I, if I ever wanted to sell a hundred complete Nintendo games to buy a stadium events, I probably could in the future. Uh, but I know myself and I never would, but I'm going to get the hundred complete Nintendo games anyway. I can't right. wait. I can't wait to hear Tyler rant about why the Sega Saturn is terrible for a third time. Yeah, uh, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, it's it's your moment, man. You're the winner. Go ahead in this in this uh, show this uh, host showdown. You're the winner. Tell us what you want to want to tell us. Inform the world and Stefan and I as we just sit here and take whatever your opinion so is the, without a rebuttal. The Sega Saturn is just. It was this wonderful console, and we didn't get a Sonic game, and they fucked up all of Yu Suzuki's games. Yu Suzuki... There was, there's like three Su- Saturn uh, Sonic games on it. It didn't get a Sorry, Sonic platformer. <laughs> it, Turn your mic off, Johnny. Yu Suzuki is a goddamn genius. First of all, it should have had a port of Daytona USA 2, uh, which was way too late. That should have been on the Dreamcast. The point is that Yu Suzuki, they murdered his career by making shitty ports of all his games in the Saturn. They didn't put Daytona USA 2 on Dreamcast, one of the best games ever made. And then after all that, they put him on fucking Shenmue. What the fuck is Shenmue? What is Shenmue? It's, is it a game? Is it a life simulator? Why is Yu Suzuki making this? The guy who made the most arcadey racing games of all time is making a walking simulator. And uh, I don't really know what that rant was about, but got me started on those Saturn arcade ports. So I'm I'm really glad Tyler won because his off mic yelling is like my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I could listen to him do that all day long. It is pretty funny. I even I laughed, and I don't laugh at things. All right, uh, guys, we did it. We made it through a whole show. We have time. So oh, yeah, I, I have a question for both of you, guys. What are you buying? What are you playing, Tyler? Uh, I bought uh, my favorite game of all time that I did not yet own, and that is a a mail-order copy of Doom in really nice condition. And I overpaid for it, but I don't care because it's goddamn Doom. Uh, Most important game ever next to Super Mario Brothers, Stefan, if you're keeping up. (laughs) Uh, And that brings me so much happiness. Uh, Now, the one game uh, that I really want is a complete Super Mario World, and then I will have my 10 favorite games complete. And then I also got uh, Unreal Tournament, which, uh, holding that in my hand, again, really weird. I felt such happiness, and I don't feel that for a lot of uh, other games. Unreal Tournament, such a good game. And then a complete Metroid and a complete Mega Man X. Getting that cardboard. That's uh, that's some pretty good stuff. Okay. Are you um, playing anything? Yeah, what are you playing? Uh, two of the most infuriating NES games that I've played. Uh, so, I played through Adventure Island, which I think think might be the hardest NES game I've ever beaten and Blaster Master which I think is the longest game of all time. Blaster Blaster Master's taking you a long time why? Uh, well Blaster Master you get so whatever it is like 3 lives and 3 continues or something like that. And for a normal playthrough not like if you know what you're doing I would say it takes around 5 hours. Uh, so a five hour long game where you can game over and lose like four hours of progress or five hours of progress when you die on the final boss, it is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever played. I, It's insane. But people tell me, people tell me once you're good at the game, it takes like an hour and a half. Uh, so I'm going to keep at it because I spent untold hours trying to learn Blaster Master and finally struggling through to the end. Uh, so it makes no sense you to like stop know the, You know, like the 
pause bomb trick on like I just oh, think it's like the yeah. second boss. I or used whatever. the pause bomb trick. Um, I'm trying to think of all the stupid things I did. Um, yeah, like I I was not playing fair with Blaster Master. The final boss, you could just kind of camp him. You just like go to the bottom right corner and he kind of can't hit you. So I did that for the final boss because by the time I was there again, it was like I'm not going back to the start of this game, man. This is it. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I understand your pain there. I'm I'm glad you thought Adventure Island was hard. Yeah. Uh, like I mean, I know there's harder NES games like Akari Warriors is just stupid. Uh, but that uh, I'd put it equivalent, if not harder, than Castlevania Three, which is insane. You know, I hear people talk about all these games are hard, and it. I go back and I play them now, and I'm terrible at them, which just goes to show how much worse you can be at video games as an adult compared to when you were a kid. Because I used to just smash through all of these games, like no problem. I could beat Akari Warriors. I used to just like have not played it for a long time. Sit down with a pal and just beat Akari Warriors. No well, big I'm- deal. I mean, uh, conviction when you're a kid is totally different, right? Like, we were way more convicted to finish these games when we were a kid than we were as an adult. I think we just give up easier as an adult, and that's a, a big yeah, thing. Yeah, as a kid, that's like, I just locked in. All I did, if I didn't beat a game, like, I would have been, I would have been devastated. Like, there's only a few games, I think, that ever I put in front of me that I didn't beat or had something, like, happen where I couldn't, and... uh like, it haunted me until I went back and did it. Yeah, especially if you were, like, rented... For, I don't know about you guys, but when I rented a game, that, like, put even, uh, like, another layer of, like, desperation to beat something. Um, it's, you know, because I, I had to beat it before I took it back to the store, and who knows when I'd be able to rent it again. And so, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I, that I actually just covered um, in my little behind-the-game things that I've been putting out on IGTV. I just covered that um, same phenomenon. I had Shining Force... The save battery was dead to make a you know a long story short. So I only had like a day to beat it before we had to take it back and before I was leaving this Sega Genesis that was my cousin's. Uh, so I, I did a like a overnight twenty four over a little over twenty four hour playthrough to beat that game. I just did. You guys ever didn't beat? Did you ever delete your saves? No, Johnny. Did you ever I delete your saves? If I deleted a save. No, like like when I when I was gonna ter- return things to the rental store, like I'll be damned if someone else is gonna play on my save game. So I used to delete my save games before I uh, returned them to the store. No, I left that shit on there. That was like a mark of pride. Like whatever you do, you're not doing what I just did. I I left that there as like a gloat. <laughs> I, you know, I would just be too scared to delete a save because saves were such a sacred thing as a kid to me. Like that's all my progress. So, you know, if we went back to the blockbuster and it had burned to the ground and I got to keep the game, I wouldn't want to risk that I had deleted the save. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember telling friends that like the thing I wanted was a device that I could take the Nintendo cart and put it into to download. I didn't say download cause that wasn't like a word, but that would <laughs> put my save onto this machine so I could have them always. Some kind of game action replay. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was like, as a kid, I had I never heard of the game action replay as a kid. Yeah, um, but no yeah, I, I Yeah, I wanted something like that so bad. I was like, when are they going to make that just so I can always have my saves? And uh, now that's just like every day. You just carry around memory cards. Like, I still have uh, my PS1, original PS1 memory card. And even even with, like, saves today, I feel like if I lose, if I lose... Even like, you know, 20 hours of progress in the game, it's like, you know, I've already done it. 
I can go do that in eight hours now, probably. So it's just not even like a big deal to me to keep my saves forever. Like I used to be so protective of things like my Neverwinter Nights and my Morrowind saves just because, you know, I have dozens of hours in them. And now I'm like, whatever, start a new game of Morrowind. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Stefan, what, what did you buy? Uh, three real big things, um, this time around. So for one, I bought only three real big things as (laughs) opposed to last week. Well, no, three, three. Well, a lot of things if I, but I'm going to lump things together. So anyway, follow me. Uh, so, um, uh, I bought a complete inbox set of the Sega Pico, which I was very excited about. Uh, thank you, Tyler, for flagging that, uh, for me. Uh, that was via, uh, Nintendo Age. I was thinking um, about so- buying that and it, and it would have been a total dick move because I don't care about the Pico at all. And I know you're looking <laughs> for one, but it was a good, I think it was a good deal. It was a good deal. Uh, so yeah, that that's that's the console CIB, and then all twenty of the of the standalone American releases for the Pico. Um, so that's one thing. See see how I'm doing this. Um, and then the second thing was I made a conscious decision that I wanted to stop effing around with the Genesis set and just get all the variants I needed to finish the set. So uh, so I did that, and that was like thirty something games between clamshell and cardboard. And uh, so now I have uh, the complete complete Genesis set. Um, there's some like oh, some, some minor the, cardboard jungle strike. I think you're lying. Oh my god! I oh think, my god! I think you are lying to people. Oh my god! I don't think you have a desert strike. Oh, desert oh my strike. god! Stop talking! Oh, stop talking! Um, <laughs> no, yeah, th- no, that's true. I I did incidentally uh, or rather accidentally buy two copies of Urban Strike or two copies of Jungle Strike uh, instead of a copy of Jungle Strike and a copy of Desert Strike. Um, so I am waiting for my Desert Strike. But and there's some like minor uh, label variants or like I didn't do like all the you know the cardboard boxes that have various versions of cardboard boxes i didn't like for instance buy two two or three copies of fucking batman and robin or however many there are of that one but um but yeah so i have at least you know in in an instance where there is a cardboard and a clamshell variant i have both of those for each game and then of course if there's either one of the other i i have those two and then so that's two things um, and then, and then the third thing that I bought that I actually really love, and it's on my Instagram feed that you can go check out, um, is, uh, the Palcom, uh, European exclusive NES, uh, bundle that came with Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Um, and, uh, it really, oh, it's you just bought a something good this week. All right. Yeah, really, it's just a, really it's just a slipcover over a standard uh, PAL NES, but uh, it's, it's just got some really cool art on it. And you know, my uh, one of my big other loves besides video games is Ninja Turtles. So you know, I got a weird boner when I saw that. Um, and uh, and those were the three things that I bought. Did you just find out about that? That that existed? No, I just never found. I didn't want to import one because that's when it gets like super dumb expensive. So I had been looking for a nice one stateside, and I hadn't found one uh, until recently. Yeah, I I, uh, I like that set very much, and I've almost bought it a few times. And I've just been like, uh, do I need another Nintendo? And then import fees are kind of rough on it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like that very much. If I had a bunch of boxed NESs already, I probably wouldn't do it. But like, this is like the one that I'm interested in. So I figured it's okay. No, I think that's because most nest boxes are, are fairly plain. And that one is not plain. I think that one, 
I think that's super cool. So uh, there you go. There's a rare compliment from Johnny. I think something you bought was super cool. Wow, it's true. You know, you did. You bought every game for one system. You bought every game you didn't have for another system. But this Nintendo thing you got, yeah, Nintendo's pretty awesome. <laughs> and that was, and that, <laughs> well, and that was three I, things. I'm, I'm sorry, people buying Genesis games isn't that impressive to me. <laughs> I feel like this is some kind of weird slight, but I don't know where yeah, he's taking it. <laughs> no, I just like I have a whole Genesis set, or well, most of a set, and have sold like a set. It's just like Genesis. I, I love the Genesis. Looked at it a lot, so it's just you You're know in that mid two thousands mindset now, Johnny. Yeah, Genesis. Yeah. It's like that's fine. I, I also that's a thing I don't have, so it's cooler. I also have a whole Pico set, and that is total garbage, but I I still maintain it. Still, still there. Um, Right, Stefan, I've got a question. I have to ask this on the show because uh, uh-huh. I was just ridiculed when I tried to ask you off the show. So on the N- Ninja Turtles box for this pal thing, uh, yeah. Michelangelo is holding Raphael's weapons, and I don't know why. Is that actually true, or is this just like a No, color? that's actually, I actually true. <laughs> really? I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look at it right now. Yeah. So to to fill our viewers in, um, Stefan's response was something along the lines oh, that is of crazy. "fuck you" or something. Yeah, no, okay. So I thought you were referring to like how they color it because they show a as they show a, a little uh, thumbnail of the NES game box, and that has Michael Dooney's original uh, art for the second print of Ninja Turtles number two or f- no four four name no. dropping um, that Ninja anyway. Turtles knowledge. That's right. Uh, but anyway, um, it, uh, in the original art, they all have red bandanas, and they actually went in and colored them in on this photo, and that, or the, this thumbnail. That's what I thought you were talking about. Um, but no, you are, you are absolutely correct that it actually has Michelangelo holding the size and uh, Raphael holding nothing, actually. Yeah, because um, nunchucks are like a bad thing in areas that ninjas are a bad thing, right? Yeah. So just... So freaking weird. Yeah. I mean, that... But but then they... It's just weird that they then have Raphael holding nothing. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe they just couldn't decide. They're like, ah, just give that guy nothing then. I don't know. (laughs) Well, and... Those, like, two co-workers, like, no, that guy's got the nunchucks. And they're like, no, that guy has something else. What is it? I don't know. (laughs) All of their... um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, no no one was... You know, the the people who were making this art probably knew knew nothing of the property. But also their... um, The emblems on their belts are obscured, except for Raphael's. So that probably might have... I don't know. That might have made them confused as well. And and honestly, the orange on this box and the red on this box are very similar. All right. uh, Stefan, did you play anything or no? It's fine if you didn't. You don't have to make something up. I don't think I did. Oh no, that's what I was going to point out is that I've been, you know, really sort of hitting the hitting the YouTube's pretty hard recently, and so all the time that I would normally have spent playing games, I've been making content for that. So, all right, self promotion, shameless. Well, got yeah, it. Promotion no. for the promotion for the show too. So, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> all right. Uh, what did I buy, guys? I will tell you what I bought. I bought the real Ghostbusters. It was a thing I wanted to even like save to Halloween, but I was so excited that I got it, um, that, I, that I showed it off last night. It's a nice copy. Um, this is the real Ghostbusters for the Game Boy. 
If you guys don't know why it's called the real Ghostbusters, because it was this other like Hanna Barbera Ghostbusters show, so they had to put the real moniker. There's like a whole weird history about this. Anyways, it's a Ghostbusters game. I love Ghostbusters. In fact, this podcast, when I was doing research for it, found out that this existed because I didn't even know about it. And this was like three years ago uh, during one of our Halloween episodes. And I got really excited. I've been waiting. So the, one of the things I preach is like waiting for the right price. Don't fight other people too hard at auctions and drive the price up. If you can, wait for an open auction. Um, this wasn't an open auction. I just found a guy with a buy it now. It was a little higher than I wanted to pay. Messaged him. Uh, to see if you wanted to maybe take an offer. He took an offer, and I, I got it. So, hooray. I was very excited. Um, I got it for, like, in the price range I wanted. So that was that was cool. I also bought a bunch of manuals. I, I put out a call, like, hey, guys, does anyone have manuals? Maybe you saw that post. Uh, I had people like Funky Brewster and uh, Milwaukee Retro Gamer. Uh, I think I'm butchering his name. Um, help me out. Get me some manuals. So I, I bought some of those. Um Joan Bone, uh, he sold me some Turbo Graphics games, so uh, in box. So I, I got those. I, I bought like five total Turbo Graphic games. I had those games. I just got the boxes for them. Um, so yeah, that was exciting. It was like kind of a pretty good week for me. Did you say what uh, manuals you needed in that post, or were you just like, "Hey, I need some manuals. Who's got manuals?" <laughs> People just start sending because them to you. I'm asking that because there was a guy on the the. PC game collecting Facebook group who's like, hey, I need sealed games. Who's got sealed games? Like, who just responds? And he was like getting responses. It's like, what? You could just do that? I don't know. That's um, so weird. No, I I said, I, I put in my thing, Um, it, by the way, that was Milwaukee Retro Gamer. Um, I put in my post that I need manuals and I, I put in the text of the post that I have a list. So just message me and I'll give you a list. And if you, if you have like a pile of them sitting around, uh, let me know. I'll, I'll send you a list, and that's what I did. So I still need a whole lot more. So shout out to, uh, or call out to anyone who's got a, a box of SNES manuals sitting around or a stack of PS1 games they don't want still working on those. Let me know, and let's see if I can pry some of them from your hands with money. I'm not asking for free. I, I'm offering. E-beggar. Coin. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you get to say that, Captain Ebegger, <laughs> biggest Ebegger on the show. Apparently, yeah. Oh, hey, uh, is your uh, address, your your post office box on your YouTube channel yet? Uh, no, but my uh, Patreon link is. <laughs> <laughs> you are so gross. It's not true. I don't have a Patreon. All right. Um, anyways, that is our show for the week. Unless you guys want to add anything, guys? Anything? Anything? My Patreon link. Oh, I didn't say what I played. <laughs> I, I, I played... Um, Harry Potter, yeah, because that's a thing I did. I've been meaning to try the Game Boy Color one, and I went through this whole process of trying to get it set up to play, because I was like, mm, I don't want to play it on a handheld, um, but I guess I will. And then I could not find a plug for a stupid DS anywhere. I have like a box of plugs and could not, like, a million DS light plugs, but no DS plug. Um, so that was real annoying, and then I was like, well, okay, I guess I got the Game Boy Player, and I'll, I'll do that. And then I was like, maybe I'll just download a ROM and play it like uh, on I have like a modded Xbox from back in the day. I'm like, maybe I'll just, you know, put it on that thing. Nope, didn't work out. Wound up plugging it into the Game Boy Player. Only, only had an S video connection for that, because I don't have component cables for the game, uh, for the GameCube. Uh, and then it just... Uh, Looked like such garbage. I was like, after about five minutes, I turned it off. 
what what a hassle wow. for a guy who has every video game he could ever want to play. He's like, oh, I just can't figure uh, out how to play any of these video games. No, is that it, he had look, like twelve the irony ways was, to do it. I, I spent an hour and a half like trying to decipher the best way to play this. This is my problem in life. Uh, one of them, anyways, is I will spend more time thinking about how to do the thing than doing the fucking thing. I'm like, I want to do this thing just right. What is the most right way to do this? Let's think and waste a shit ton of time. Yeah, that's uh, it is a thing I do sometimes. Next time, it's see a trap. If the game sucks first, <laughs> and then and then put forth the effort. So, um, yeah. Anyways, that's what I did, and that is the show. Since no one has anything else, Stefan, where can we find you? And mention your YouTube channel. You whore. <laughs> it's practically our YouTube channel. I don't know if you caught the last video, but I like I like solidly plugged this show. No, I'm I'm kidding. I I just told you I think you should plug your goddamn <laughs> YouTube channel. Do it. Uh, yeah, so you can find me at uh, Archon nineteen eighty one A R C H O N nineteen eighty one. That's both on Instagram and the YouTubes. I'm I'm default gen. You guys know where to find me. Nintendo Eight Game PZ Instagram, YouTube, whatever. Oh, I actually did change my uh, my uh, Nintendo Age to be Archon nineteen eighty one as well too. So. There you go. Yep, and you know, I'm Johnny underscore Ayuchi here on Instagram. On Nintendo Age, you can find me as Johnny. Uh, on YouTube, you can find me at, uh, if you look up Mr. Johnny Ayuchi, you can find me, or just Johnny Ayuchi, you can find me there as well. Thank you all for listening, and hey, shout out to any of the new listeners. If you've come from any of uh, Stefan's videos from his YouTube channel, or any of the stuff Tyler's putting out, we appreciate you being here. Thanks for checking us out. Um, thanks for all the people who have been leaving reviews for the show. We find that uh, very helpful. Uh, to the gentleman who listens for our uh, random outburst of profanity, sorry. Uh, we will. I'm, I'm going to look into how we can maybe do a better job of uh, fixing that. Anyways, that's the show. Thanks very much for everyone who's uh, been supporting us lately. And uh, from the beginning, we do appreciate that. And we'll catch you next week. Or, you know, roughly. You guys know how we do. Weekish. Bye!